Hello and welcome to another lockdown episode of Sheffield Hopcast. Uh, another guest that's joining us as well. I'm James. Um, let's go around and uh, meet our team. Um, Adam is here. He's had a few technical difficulties, uh, <laughs> but uh, you are now with us. I'm here. Hopefully I don't sound like Barry White like a few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> no, you, you, you did just before we started recording, but I think we've just about cracked it. Um, so what is your, uh, what's your lockdown beer this week? Well, we've been very kindly sent some beers from Utopian Brewing, which are a lager brewery from Devon. Um, so they've sent us a couple of their core range, and this is the unfiltered version of their British lager. So I'm very looking forward to tasting it. Sounds good. An unfiltered yeah. lager. I like the sound of that. Yeah. Good British stuff. All British hops and all British and ingredients. So yeah. Thank you very much to uh, Utopian for sending us uh, those. Let's swiftly segue into Laura and her um, latest um, brewery clothing outfit. Yes. Well, this is, I did get a delivery from Fierce uh, this week, bought a box of beers and this sweatshirt, which I'm very much enjoying. Um, nice and cosy on a cloudy day. Um, but I thought, seeing as um, I've also gone for one of the Utopians to drink this week, so I thought in lieu of drinking one of my new Fierce uh, beers, I would wear the sweatshirt on this occasion. So that's where that's come from. Uh, but yeah, I've got um, the Dark Lager from Utopian. Um, I love a Dunkel and you don't really see that many around really. Um, so I'm really excited to, to try it. Um, I've not had anything from Utopian before. Um, I'm going to be completely honest and say I hadn't heard of them before, but I enjoyed discovering a new brewery. So really looking forward to, to giving this one a go. Good stuff. Sounds very intriguing. Looking forward to your review of um, that one. Um, now, Sean, A up. A up. Hello there right. from uh, the, uh, the Rotherham Barnsley uh, border uh, this that, afternoon. That... I was just discussing with James just before we started that this is the first time I've not had the sun in my eyes since we started doing these lockdown uh, series. It, it's a great dirty day. Uh, 14 miles away from most of uh, most of you lot, but I've got a beer to brighten up my early evening. So um, I've gone for a, a Colonel, very distinctive bottle. It's a beer that I had about a week ago, uh, one of their latest beer, the Saison series, mixed fermentation uh, Saison, and it's their, it's their Damson. It's a beautiful colour and it's absolutely gloriously delicious. I'm going to really enjoy the next 40 minutes drinking this. Very nice. I should say, by the way, I, I had the great honour this week of, I mean, from a safe distance, but actually seeing Sean not over Zoom, only for a few seconds, uh, but we, we did actually see each other in actual real life, didn't we? As, as opposed to over an internet connection, which was um, we did, we did, yeah. the highlight I, of my week, to be honest. I had to look twice because I, I thought potentially you were out to mug me um, you were there with your mask on and looking very shady around the back of Cumberland Street there. So uh, I was glad to finally realise it was you approaching me and not some <laughs> young hoodlum. 
It's the first time anyone has ever, ever been threatened by um, my uh, my appearance. Um, right, I've gone. I'm I'm doing something a bit different this week, right? Because we've talked about a few supermarket beers before, and obviously over the last few weeks, like supermarket shoppings become like a real big deal, and our habits and the way that we do it's all changed. Anyway, uh, I've had a, a like a revelation over the last few weeks, and I've discovered Aldi, which I never really. I, I never really entertained Aldi before, uh, but over the last couple of months or so, it's been an absolute flipping saviour for me and has been fantastic. But I know it's maybe not hugely renowned for its beer offering. So I thought, well, let's have a go and let's see what we come up with. So I will point out two things. Firstly, I'm not sure the beer that I've got actually has a brewery on it. Oh, actually it does. Um, this costs less than a pound, right? So this is from Aldi. It's Freak Aleworks. And it's called Phantom Pale Ale. Um, and it does tell me what it's got in it. It's Citra, Mosaic, um, Topaz, uh, Ella, and Galaxy Hops in there. It says it's Australian crafted in small batches. So, um, yeah, never had it. I've never had a beer before from Aldi. But, you know, less than a pound this cost. So I thought I would um, give it a try. And I will let you know whether it's any good or not. You hot um, geeks. Am I right in thinking that Ella, Topaz, and Galaxy are all Australian? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I, I don't for, think for that this beer is, is made in Australia. <laughs> it doesn't tell me anything about the brewery or anything like that, but it sounds like it was brewed in the Republic of Ireland. There's a couple of suggestions there, but yeah, don't know anything more about it. But looking forward to giving it a try and see whether or not it's any good or not. Um, And right, our guest this week, we have, you know, actual brewing royalty joining us on the um, Hopcast this week of St. Mars of the Desert fame. It is Dan. Hello, Dan. Hello, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Well, thank you very much for um, for joining us. So we've got probably a million and one questions that we're all going to fire at you. But first of all, the most important question is, what are you drinking? I'm drinking uh, Hackershire Keller beer out of my uh, brewery, Zahender uh, Stankrug. Wow. That's what I'm doing, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to switch to one of my own beers in a minute, but at the moment, <laughs> that's what I'm starting Good off with. Beer. I'm a big fan of Hackershaw. It's one of yeah. my favourite of the continental lagers. Yeah. My, uh, me and Jim have been uh, we've been wandering up to Archer Road because it's really walkable to us, and they have a really great selection of um, continental lagers there. So uh, Hackershaw is one that we typically will always buy at least two of those, and then do a bit of a lucky dip from the so, rest of yeah. them around. Came from this came from Archer Road as well, so. Uh, I think I was delivering that uh, last week or something. Yeah. Um, so, um, Dan, I mean, we're quite a few weeks into lockdown now. It kind of feels a bit all, all kind of normal now. But what has the lockdown experience been like for St. Mars of the Desert? Normally by now, of course, tap room would be open. We'd all be sat in in your lovely yard soaking up the, the sun that we've had over the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's all played out very different. But you have kind of you know carried on in terms of of brewing and getting new beers out there well it's been there's been a lot to learn really with all of this um our first instinct was to just stop production and um and just sort of feel bad about ourselves (laughs) um which we which we didn't really do but what we did do is we reduced the batch sizes 
to as small as we could fit, which in a brewery tends to be, um, if you brew two, twice into one fermenter, it would be one, uh, ferment, one of the brews, and then how low can you actually uh, go in your kettle before you blow out whatever uh, your, your heat source is. So we, would go, we went from having 20 hectoliter batches down to 800 liter batches, um, which as it turns out doesn't work well um because of the geometry of the tanks you end up losing a lot more when you're dry hopping and we've been doing a lot of that sort of thing so um then we've gone to in the opposite direction now and we are brewing these massive um uh, batches and they're almost all going into can which is kind of a dream um if you told us maybe this time last year that we'd be packaging that much into small packs, we wouldn't know how, especially with, without any wholesalers, <laughs> we wouldn't know how, where they were going. There must have been a big hole in the ground. We were throwing them into something. But, um, but people have seemingly, you know, the, the tap room's gone, but interest is still there. And also, I think rounding the new year, a lot of people heard about us for the first time. So Martha had this deep, long list of uh, accounts around the country that had already wanted our beer, but then um, faced with what was happening, the loss of wholesalers, really, um, they want every they want any beer <laughs> in, in some of these shops. Um, because they're having a harder and harder time getting it, maybe because breweries are shipping directly to customers and things like that. So um, we've been uh, we we've switched directions quite a few times in the last few months, and that has been um, it has been good because it's kept us busy, uh, uh, kept us um, uh, fine tuning what we're doing, not only in the brewery but in the learning our canning line. To be honest, uh, getting getting those oxygen. Uh, levels down and um and uh you know doing what we want to do so it's 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 been really good um for us in a way that we you know we wouldn't have expected the tap room you know who knows if that'll ever be open again but you know the the fact that we're able to sell to more and more uh people and there's still an interest in our beer has been has been pretty cool Cool. I, I mean, it's kind of been an interesting week in terms of like news about pubs in Sheffield because, well, there was the news about, I, I don't know if it's a pub any of us will have frequented before, but the Pitsmore where people were hiding in cupboards when police raided it because they were um, opening illegally. Um, but also in um, kind of more relevant pub news, um, the Kellam Island Tavern uh, reopened this week doing um, takeaway beers. And I noticed the Raven Inn as well doing takeaway beers, including Clamp from St. Yep. Mars of the Desert. Although I mentioned this because um, there was an unfortunate typo and and it was advertised on social media as St. Mars of the Dessert. Oh, I've heard that one before, yeah. I, I, I was going to ask whether or not you've had it before, but it did get me thinking because I think all four of us, to some extent, are big fans of dessert beers. So, I mean, surely there's like a spin-off range that you could do here, St. Mars of the Dessert. Like, you know, if you're kind of twiddling your thumbs a little through lockdown, an entire menu of dessert beers. <laughs> Well, I'd have to die of coronavirus before that happens, but, you know, <laughs> it's possible. I, uh, I mean, you, you sound a bit uncertain about it. You, your arm could be twisted. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Well, we've, we've actually poured at festivals being called St. Moss of the Dessert. So, we know it's one of those words that I, you don't want to think about whether there's one or two S's. So, um, we do often come out that way. And, you know, if, we, if, if people think we're, we're some kind of dessert brewery, they're like, well, that's fine with me. Yeah. What does it mean anyway? Some French village. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the, I had a look at some pictures this morning online of uh, some Mazou Desert in, in France near near Nantes. How, how come you ended up there? I know you were looking for different places to brew. Well, that's come... a funny one because that uh, that is the other Saint Mars du Desert. Right. So, the one near Nantes. Um, right. uh, we were in Pays de la Loire, which is not for, not much further north. Uh, well, what was happening? It, we had this epic search for where to build a brewery. Um, and it started with us in Boston, um, leaving Boston, traveling a little bit. And then when we, we came back to the idea of, of, of course, we're gonna get back in the beer industry after, you know, after saying, oh no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into the sausage business or whatever it was, you know. I, have, I, I remember drawing pictures and trying to invent new sausages and things. But you know, I grew up in, in the I grew up in the beer uh, business well uh, since I've been uh, 20, 21 and working in breweries. Uh, so we decided we wanted to get back in the in the beer business, and, but we also wanted to make sure we weren't around the kind of snow and cold that we had in Boston, which just took over. And I know it builds character, but I'm already built. It's already built me. I can go wherever I want now. Um, so. Um, we thought we were going to end up in Florida somewhere, to be honest. And we, we, uh, we drove down to Florida and stopped in every city along the way until we got to uh, Miami. And uh, it just wasn't happening. Nothing was saying, oh, you, have to, you should come to our, build a brewery here. And it's, you know, it's quite an investment, not just in money, but in your life. You want to have a happy time. You want to know you're going to be around happy people and, um, you know, there's other things. You, you look for colleges and you, you can't move to a place that nobody lives and people don't have any money and things like that. But anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, make a long story short, and it's not, it's not actually making it all that much shorter. Um, but we came to England and we started looking around. Um, we just, we thought we were going to build a brewery in Manchester. Um, we couldn't find how that was going to work. Then went to Leeds. We were all over the place. We we're almost on um, Escape to the Country twice um, because we were looking around and we, we kept on sending them. Well, can we build a brewery here? And then they would say they they have these great researchers at Escape to the Country that tell you you don't have enough money to do what you want to do. <laughs> so they were part of our con consult consultations um, when we were looking for sites. And then we just said, oh, to hell with it. Uh, and we went down, we took the ferry, the Curry Ferry down to Normandy and um, loved it there. And uh, in my younger, in my youth, I was really a Francophone, Francophile. And of course, I have a French name. And I spent uh, time living with family, a family in Nantes, which you just talked about. Um, and I always wanted to live in France. And we found this beautiful farm that was in St. Mars du Désert. And it was fairly, it was properly rural, uh, <laughs> but it was formerly owned by an English family. So they built this beautiful, the type of a garden that, that Monty Don would, would build. Um, and it, although it was a bit disused, so you could picture, you know, uh, putting it back together. 
it had these great 17th century outbuildings that you could see everything. As soon as you walked in, you knew exactly what you're going to do with, with this building. It had something like eight acres, beautiful farmhouse, the absolute dream. Uh, about 100,000 euros, you know, that sort of thing. It had three phase because in France, uh, your default uh, uh, electricity is three phase and then step down from there. So we, uh, even in Adercliffe, we didn't have three phase where we, where we had to spend a lot of money to bring it in. So the, it was just perfect in a lot of ways. Um, but we chickened out because nobody lived there. Uh, we had a we had a funny interaction with the real. Uh, I've told this so many times, and you guys probably all heard this, but uh, I, I I suppose there are probably other people watching this. But um, there, we had this funny interaction with the real estate agent, and we said, "So what else is around St. Mons of the Desert?" Like hoping she would say something. Oh, you, we've got these great people that make brie over there, and but instead she says, uh, "Well, I'll put it to you like this: uh, What's on Mars?" Uh, I, don't know, I said, I don't know, stone. She's like, okay, and what's on the desert? <laughs> All right, there's, there's nothing here, and it would just be us. So uh, I, thought, I thought that was kind of fun. Um, and then we came here. I, I can't even remember how it happened, but I remember driving through Sheffield um, and seeing empty industrial buildings as, as there still are, um, and just knowing they had a great beer reputation. Uh, so just seemed like an obvious and and there was that fantastic study that was done online that um with pete pete brown it was just the kind of thing it was just enough to uh, that study was enough to get me sort of interested in sheffield and then we came here we looked around and we just we just bought a house and we stayed there's other places we spent a month in Asheville, north carolina in the middle of all of that and we thought we we're going to build a brewery there and that didn't work and, but we we've, we saw any kind of city that you could have seen. We, we probably looked inside about 80 farmhouses in, uh, uh, in Great Britain and, and France. We almost ended up in Wales a few times, Shropshire, Herefordshire. Um, we were up in the Highlands. Like it, it, was, it was kooky. It was kooky. I don't know. I can't believe it. We ended up doing something after all of that. It should have just depressed us. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are very, very pleased to have you. If anyone is interested in the full kind of um, St. Mars of the Desert story, uh, we did come out and spend a good couple of hours with you and uh, Martha, and that episode is still available if you ever scroll back through the uh, the feed and we kind of you know really got into the story of what brought you to Sheffield. It is a fascinating story. It's well worth having, um, having a listen to that. Now, I'm intrigued, um, Adam and Laura, what you make of your utopian beers. You want to go first, Laura? <coughs> okay. Um... It's really good. It's not as dark. It's more kind of ambery than dark. Um, and I think because of that, it's not got quite as much of a kind of roasty, toasty, caramelly body as I was expecting it to have. But it's really delicious. It's really, really clean. Um, it's got a bit more going on than kind of the more classic sort of lighter lagers would have to it. Um, I don't have anything bad to say about it apart from it doesn't look quite like I expected it to, which isn't a bad thing, I don't think. Well, so, this is yeah. actually my second yeah. one. Like last night I had the um, I had the Pilsner, which I thought was was really good. I love a Pilsner. I love that kind of extra bite you get from like, you know, that really kind of, almost like, I don't know, it's like bitter or hoppy somewhere in there. And it's kind of that more like better mouthfeel. But, um, but yeah, I've got the unfiltered version of the British Lager. And I think it says that it's all, it's kind of their flagship beer um they're only a year old i think as well so then um 
but yeah, this is um, it's really good. I think um, a lot of people say that it's very difficult to hide behind a, a lager, and especially these craft brewers are doing these. You, you will hit some duds, you know, fairly frequently. I think, um, but this doesn't it doesn't disappoint at all. And I think if you are a, if you are a, um, a lager drinker or you know respect you know that kind of style, go and check it out. Really, yeah. really, good. they are doing deliveries as well. Yeah. So I'd um, agree but, with that definitely. Um, I have I've got um, the British one to try as well, which I haven't had yet. But yeah, I think um, it's spot on. Yeah. So thanks to Rich for um, sending these out. Really appreciate it. Good stuff. The uh, the Freak Ale Works um, Phantom Pale Ale um, is quite sharp. Although actually, the more I've drunk it, I've got quite into it. It has got plenty of flavour. There's a kind of a little element of feet going on in there as well. Um, <laughs> and the aftertaste is a little bit dodgy, but for 99p, I'm not going to complain. It's all right. Um, Sean, is your beer living up to your expectations? Yeah, it's uh, uh, my memory of it was only from a week ago, so it was still quite fresh in, in my mind. And uh, it's beautiful, uh, tart and full of, um, of gorgeous fruit. And I've also actually kernel. Uh, and St. Mars have uh, got some sort of common um, ethos in not using too many other additional fancy pants ingredients. And damsons, I suppose, are about as fancy pants as as, as Colonel might get. Uh, where, where would you go, Dan, in terms of would you include fruit um, in, in some of your brews? Any intentions to... Fruit, I know you've yeah. some of your beers, of course, as well. Yeah, fruit is great to me. Uh, that's as that's as far as I ever want to go. I like I like sugar in beer. I, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a cheat because you're getting a different character from it. <clears throat> and certainly, you learn that coming from America. We thought all beer was made with all malt. We didn't realize all these Belgian beers that we we're drinking. And and fair enough, a lot of the uh, English beers we were drinking uh, had you know seek secrets to us which was which was sugar there was usually some bucket of something that went in that we that we that we uh, uh never knew about so um so yeah sugar fruit spices way down deep down where they're sort of influencing the character but you don't know what they taste like that to me like that's that fascinates me i like it i remember thinking when i first had i had my first chimay that they were throwing spices all over the place in that brewery, but like now it's just a weird phenolic yeast strain, you know. But uh, but I, I like that. I like that kind of stuff. I I like I like some stank. Uh, I don't like feet necessarily, but you know, but, but stank and, and beers are right to, to me. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, I've got a question for everyone. We've not got a huge amount of time left, so this will be kind of quick fire. So. There was um, there was a story in the national news this week about um, a couple of guys in London who are spending lockdown uh, literally locked in a pub, um, and uh, I mean, there's plenty of ways that you can make past time when you're locked, you know, in in a pub. But it got me thinking, right? If you had to pick one pub in Sheffield to spend the whole of lockdown in, which pub are Ooh. you going to pick? can only pick one and bear in mind you're going to be there for what a good month and a half pushing two months so <coughs> i think sean's ready to uh show his my, hand uh, already i was i was, I was uh, my, my, mine, is, mine is very easy yeah um uh, it would be the rook 
Auckland. It's got uh, a kitchen in there, a very creative kitchen, so I'd be okay for food. It's obviously got an amazing range of beers. I'd be good there. It's got a, 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 a scrumpy old sofa in one corner downstairs, a sort of leatherette sort of sofa thing that would be all right to sleep on. Um, it's got a jukebox in there, so we'll be okay for entertainment. And um, it's got a big thick door, so I can keep everyone out. <laughs> quite strict, quite strict rules on that jukebox, though, Sean. Yeah, so well, it, it, it lock, like. lock, lock, lockdown rules are obviously <laughs> are different. So uh, I, I'll be able to put anything I wanted uh, on there, including Arctic Monkeys, who are always on the band. Still, you're not allowed to play any Morrissey songs, though, because he's a dick. Uh, right, Adam. <laughs> where you know what? I was I was probably going to say the same thing. Um, I was going to offer up a, another question about um, where were you going to dart? Where were you going to go to first after um, all this is kind of finished? Um, but um, weirdly, I suppose your question is interesting because it kind of knocks out all micro pubs in my mind. As in, you kind of want a bit of space. Um, but I think I think Sean's just literally just made my decision for me in the sense that. The food that Rutland is pretty much, um, it's, it's perfect. So, I mean, obviously the beer's great, but the beer's great in a lot of places, but just having Chef Rico to uh, cook for me um, every day, some nice uh, exo sauce, uh, octopus, and uh, all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Rutland. I'd not really accounted for the food side of it. I'd not thought about that, because I assume you wouldn't have like your own personal chef with you during... Lockdown, and I see different to you. Yeah, I mean, I, in there rather than rather than ruling out um, micro pubs, I was going to say I'd probably go for bar stewards because Al and Charlie would just <laughs> keep you entertained. Like the, well, the time would just go that. flying. But I mean, that's assuming that they would choose to spend lockdown with me in their pub rather than their families and children, which I'm sure that that would be the <laughs> the choice that they would make in that in that situation. Um, Dan, what what what's what's your take on on this? The time that you've spent in um, Sheffield, the pubs that you've uh, you've visited. Well, I I agree with you. I I don't I don't ever think about food like I, uh, when uh, when I'm going out for beers. Um, that's that's literally an afterthought that, that comes at the very end of the night. But uh, in this situation, I, I get I get what Sean's saying. Um, for me, I I I'm really uh, I like spaces is, is important to me. I like a, a space that has a has a good good vibe to it. And uh, for me, the pub I would I would want to spend time in if I had to be locked in would be Shakespeare because. I just love I just love the cavernous feel, even though it's not even all that big. It just has this strange cavernous vibe to it that uh, really I'm I'm up, I'm I'm with yeah. On on that note, but another pub that I'd be interested in being locked in would be the Sheffield Tap because it just kind of goes on forever. It's just a huge big pub. You'd never get bored in there because there's always a different like nook and cranny. I think I'd be scared in the in the Sheffield Tap. I think those high ceilings and stuff make it a little bit. Creepy. It is Imagine a tall like place, that. isn't it? Yeah. Is there a ghost in there, Laura? The ghost of Sheffield Tap. Yeah, I bet there are. It feels the like there might be, doesn't it? <laughs> Tappy the ghost. There's another uh, pull to the Shakespeare, which is um I don't know if you've ever played it, Dan, but um bar billiards. They have a bar billiards table, and that is a cracking game if you've uh, never experienced it. I've never played it in um Shakespeare, but I remember playing it fondly and, and learning in um in the Gardener's Rest. Yeah, that's so, why I've played it before, but I Yeah, but they have one of the Shakespeare upstairs. I'll have to check it out one day. Yeah. 
it's kind of hidden isn't it in that little spare room that mm. never kind of gets used for for anything um right laura well i think this is a really hard question actually but i'm gonna go for the venue that when i am in it i feel the most at home uh so for that reason i'm picking poor on London oh. road yeah because wow. it's nice and it's nice and comfy assuming that you'd get you'd, like we've already kind of touched on if we've if we've got staff in there they're always absolutely lovely really nice beer selection pizzas available and board games so you can't get bored so i think for that reason i think it's also the pub i'm probably missing the most at the moment so yeah i'm gonna pick pick poor for being the most homely of pubs that i like to go to good stuff that's interesting i wouldn't i wouldn't have expected you to go with that but that is really interesting um we've only got a, a few minutes uh, left before we get booted off our um zoom call so very quickly um dan what are um your upcoming uh, brew plans tell us um tell us a little bit of what we can expect in the coming weeks and months okay so um at the moment we've got a big batch of oscar bell which was a happy pale uh doing an ipa doing pale that we've we've done before and we've made a bigger batch of it this time so uh that we can um get it out to more people uh brewed a new uh, jackdaw three mm-hmm. this week with um different uh a different completely different mixture of of uh, yeast strains and we just dry hopped it a few hours before the this show um <clears throat> we're brewing another ip another new england ipa because that's what people want um <laughs> and after that and um then we've got in uh, a russian imperial stout uh, that we're brewing that's not barbara papa it's a different one um but we're doing that coming up shortly after that and then i think we're going to hit a lager up and uh, then who knows well I, I don't know whenever whenever something changes and whenever something changes in, in this whole thing, it's probably going to mess all of that up. So, we have had a question actually for you, Dan, from uh, uh, Michael Hobson, um, fellow yeah. Smod Squadder, um, yeah. who would like to know how uh, how the Cool Ship beer is getting on in the fooder. Okay, so the Cool Ship beer, we have moved it into barrels. We freed up the cool ship and we brewed into the cool ship just before the lockdown with Will Myers from Cambridge Brewing Company in the U.S. And we've done a, a mixed firm sort of super saison in there. So the what is coming on in the barrels is dependent on the barrel that you, you look into. But yeah, I would say uh, sourness is going up um, at, at the moment. I, I literally go in with a syringe and take bits out and uh, I've played blending it with other things. But, you know, it's it's one of those things that if, if we're still here in two years, we'll definitely be drinking it uh, in some way, shape or form. Exciting. Yeah. Sounds good. Something for us to look forward to. Um, yeah. Well, all that remains for us to do is our now um, weekly obligatory um, drinking the air photograph. Um, so if you can hold hold up your brews and your glasses and no, big smiles, no no gormless this week. We're all going to look perfect. 
There we go. Brill. Um, Dan, thank you ever so much for, um, for joining us. Um, obviously, I mean, if, I, I can't imagine there's anyone that listens to this show that doesn't already follow you guys on, um, on Twitter and other social media because you've got some other stuff that you've been doing with your virtual pub crawls and stuff like that that you've been up to um, over the, the last few weeks. So, um, yeah, if anyone doesn't, then track down Dan on the um, St. Mars of the Desert socials. Um, and the rest of us, we will see you uh, back here with another new guest next week so have a brilliant week cheers guys cheers cheers that's you